Let's pray together. Gracious and holy God, we bless you and thank you for the love you pour into our hearts, for the joy you shed abroad amongst us. You invite us to make our home with you and in you, and you in us. Come, Lord. Come, Lord Holy Spirit. Guide and direct this time together. We give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, good morning, church. I'm going to uh, make a personal announcement first so that you don't get confused later on. Uh, I'm an older player, but they they still think I can play. So I'm, I'm they put me in here. The, um, the, seriously, I'm about to have cataract surgery in a couple of weeks, and the uh, overhead lights here make it really tough for me to see what I'm reading. So I'm going to wing it. No, no, no. So I'm, I'm going to try to move along a little differently than I did in the first service and uh, ask your mercy and grace as I do so. So apologies in advance. We have uh, before us John 14, verses 15 to 26. And it's uh, that whole section is Jesus' goodbye. He knows what's coming. The full washing has occurred. The betrayer has left. He's in the upper room. And it's these words that he gives again and again about abiding with us about making his home with us, about pouring his love into us that we want to think about tonight, today, and move on into the afternoon and evening. So perhaps the best place to start is to ask you to embrace an openness to the wonder and love of God made available to us in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the sending of his Holy Spirit. As we consider the interior of our life, Jesus says, I want to come and make my home in you. What kind of a home is this? And how does it get set up? I asked if, you know, if we could possibly do all three chapters, but they said, no, that will take too long. So there are many places where we want to work. But today, let's figure out what God has to say to us through John 14, chapter 14, verses 15 to 26 that we've just heard read wonderfully. In John 14, Jesus, comforting the the 12, says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you in yet a little while. The world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. And in that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. That mutual indwelling challenges us to to think about the triune God in us. And then on top of that, he goes on to to introduce the Holy Spirit to us. And Jesus said, answered them, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word and my father will love him and we will come to them and make our home with them. And then in verse 28, the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom I will send from the father in my name, He will teach you all things, and he will bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. You heard me say that I was going away, but I will come again. If you love me, you would rejoice in these things, 
Several times in chapter 14, Jesus sounds like he's making conditions here. If you love me, you would be glad about these things. If you love me. And if we had news that God was coming to our house, we would want to fix things up. We'd like to get things sorted out and in order before God showed up in our house. And so it feels conditional. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. What I want to do is unpack for us today that there are no conditions. The condition happens through this enormous gift of grace and love that God pours into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. So, in verse 23, if anyone loves me, he will keep my words, and I will come to him and make my home with him. Moving on from that conditional peace, John 15, Jesus continues the theme of making a home with the, the 12 in them and surprises them with two pieces of wonderful scripture. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom I will send in my name, he will teach you all things, for he will bring remembrance to you of all that I have said. And then in, in, in 15, 8, as the Father has loved me, even so I have loved you. Abide in my love, make your home in my love, just as I love, uh, just as I have kept my Father's commandment and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full, may be perfect. Two gifts make possible the abiding of the living God in the heart of the believer. The love of the Father for the Son and the gift of his joy. Gifts are wonderful. They look pretty to begin with, but they have to be opened up. They have to be received. They have to be welcomed. Have you received that love? The love of the Father for the Son? Are you still trying to rely on that bootstrap love where I'm trying really hard, God? Or are you receiving a love that is eternal, that is immaculate and perfect and deep and all-knowing? Is there a joy that you have that goes beyond the tickle of happiness and laughter? What a deep and permanent joy. That's the place where God wants to live in us and with us. It's the kind of love that he calls us to. And Jesus reminds us again and again, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. And then that's the first gift. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. That's the second gift. Unpacking and understanding what John is talking about here happens a little bit more easily when we read what John is talking about with the community on the Isle of Patmos in his exile in the first century. John comes back to these themes of abiding, of love, and of joy. And in 1 John 4, in verse 13 and following, John writes, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us his spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him or her. And so we have come to know and believe the love that God has for us. 
Whoever abides, whoever lives in love, this love, abides in God, and God in him or her. The gift of the love of God that's being spoken of here is discovered and effectively lived out only in community, only in the honest, loving relationships of brothers and sisters in the Church of God, where those who have come to faith, trusted in Jesus, have received the gift of the Father's love for them. This is more than the love of your mother for you, more than the love of your father for you. This is the love of the Father that gave right and power to Jesus to face into the cross. And then the second gift that comes is the gift of this joy. There is a joy in this kind of abiding, this kind of building of a home in life with God. And that joy gets uh, talked about in the letter to the Hebrews. And John repeats it again in the 16th chapter. But in the letter to the Hebrews, the writer to the Hebrews helps us understand what is the joy of Jesus? John 12 and following. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and every sin that clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. That my joy might be in you and your joy may be full and complete. What was the joy that Jesus saw before he endured the cross? The joy that he sees is the finished work of the cross. He knows the suffering is coming and Gethsemane is still ahead of him. But the joy that is coming is the joy that every man, woman, and child who ever lived, who ever will live, is going to have the opportunity for eternal fellowship with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen? And that that love and that joy fills Christ with the power to go through this horrific crucifixion for the, the life of the world. Knowing that he will, they will not see me for a while and then they will see me, knowing that the resurrection is coming, but the cross awaits him. The mystery of the cross and the mystery of his love is the poured out love of the Father in the Son given to the church, the joy of the finished work of the cross given to the church so that we will not be left as orphans if I go away. You're going to be loved and filled with joy. God brings such good news to transform men and women in every culture, race, place, and time so that we become Soma Christos, the body of Christ, and we sit in wonder when we can get our minds and hearts together so that we, we can reach up and think, how deep is the Father's love for us? And the gift is so enormous, we need help to understand it. So Jesus says, I will not leave you alone. I'll send you a helper, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, the comforter and guide 
And these next three days, we're going to dig into what that means and how we live as a community of faith in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, how we deepen our prayer life, whether our prayer life is is on the charismatic end of things or on the Anglo-Catholic side of things, or whether we pray in silence or whether we pray with words. We'll look at some of the great saints of prayer. And I had the joy of, of meeting uh, and spending a day with Teresa of Calcutta, and I'll talk to you about her tonight. And there is joy and wonder in my life, having partnered with Nikki Gumbel and all the folks in Alpha and doing these wonderful retreats that bring people into the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And I long and hunger for all saints as a community here in Woodbridge to fellowship again in the power of the Holy Spirit, to know what it is to hear somebody say, I just, I need something and I don't know what, and to be able to pray with him or her and bring them into this place of fullness and release. I overflow with enthusiasm and joy around this but I'm watching the clock, so I'm going to stop and see you all tonight for a deeper look at the things of the Spirit, of what it means to receive, what it means to follow, to understand the names of the Spirit that are the helper, the comforter, the guide, the Spirit of truth, and to understand that that you, you, you and I in the body of Christ live in one of four places all the time. We are either grieving the Spirit, quenching the Spirit, resisting the Spirit, or being filled with the Spirit. All four of those places are marked out for us in Scripture, and they help us understand our relational commitment to one another, and to the Lord Holy Spirit in the life of the church. So I hope to see you tonight, and we'll have a little bit more relaxed time and some fun, and see what God wants to do in terms of releasing the power of his Spirit in a fresh new way in your life and in the life of the community here at All Saints. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.